our next guest stays busy, Bone, post, uh, you know, coaching. And I don't even, you know, uh, in this, maybe it's a coaching hiatus, but he stays busy. ESPN, CBS, Peacock, Field of 68. He is Josh Pastner, and he joins us on the Body Works Guest Hotline. Uh, Happy New Year. Hello. How you doing, Josh? What's going on, man? Hello, gentlemen. Thanks for having me. And uh, right in, now that Super Bowl is done, we're right in kind of the thick of things with uh, uh, college hoops. I've always said once the Super Bowl's done and kind of the NBA All-Star weekend's over, then all attention turns yes. towards uh, uh, March Madness and the and, and the NC, and, and, and college basketball, should I say. Absolutely. The rest of us have been watching it all along, right? But the whole country really starts to embrace it here well, in, in the coming weeks. our pro football team, Josh, we've been focused on college basketball for quite uh, yeah. a while. Yeah, and we were looking for something <laughs> when the Panthers were losing games. Uh, Josh, North Carolina, I don't want to – yeah, I'm not going to use the word crisis. That feels like overdoing it. But they've lost three of five after a 10-game winning streak. What do you notice is different with the heels during this stretch? And can they get back to be that team that they were during the 10 game streak when they looked like one of the best in the country? Well, if I was them and, and coach Hubert Davis, I would do anything I can not to play on Tuesday because <laughs> sure. the last three, the last three Tuesdays they've lost. And so there's something going on on Tuesday that, that that's got North Carolina, but, um, first of all, R.J. Davis, I think the ACC Player of the Year. He's been outstanding. I mean, there's other obviously really good players in the ACC, but I just think the year that he's had, um, uh, he's been outstanding. I think, and I love Baycott. I mean, he's uh, both him and Ingram. But 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 you know, obviously most people are familiar with Baycott on the national scene, and he's a double double machine. I don't know how he hasn't played maybe as consistently well as like an player of the year type of candidate um, uh, for the for the entire season. Now, obviously, there's a lot of focus on them, but I think for North Carolina, they need, where R.J. Davis is player of the year, they need Baycott to play like an ACC player of the year. They need almost like two of those guys to do that. I do think there's some holes there in North Carolina, and, and um, um, you know, I, my, my, the concern would be more in the defensive end. They can score as well as anybody, but it's more in the defensive end. It's when they struggle to score. Um, uh, you know, do they have the defensive, you know, ability to stop teams when it becomes a defensive game and, and offense isn't going for you and to be able to prevail that, especially in the NCAA tournament when you know, and look, they're, they're in the tournament. They were at one point, you know, vying for the one seed, I think, you know, a couple of these losses have maybe hurt them on that. Um, but, but when it's all said and done to get for them to get to that second weekend and beyond, there's going to be a game in there where offense is struggling. They're not scoring. It becomes one of those grimy grind out type of games. And can they win that game? And I think that's the question with North Carolina not about their ability to score it's can they win that grimy grind out defensive battle game and that's still to be determined i think that's the, the one big question mark with carolina josh as we're here in mid-february and march madness is not that far away how hard is it in this day and age with all the distractions to kind of keep your team focused on the task at hand when the bigger goals are right there but to get there you still got to take care of business the rest of the way yeah i mean look uh, and you guys know this because you you cover all the sports, not just college basketball. But it, it's sort of like when people compare, you know, who's the greatest 
between this guy or that guy or this team and that team. You know, it's very hard to compare eras. Um, how you know, you, you know what somebody did in the '80s and '90s is so much different than what the game is today. Uh, whether it's good or bad, that's just the reality of it. Things are just different. However, what's not different is there's always been distractions and 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 things when you're dealing with teams um, and 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 what is focused now. What's different now is you're dealing with social media. Yeah, there's NIL, there's the transfer stuff and all that. But but even 15 years ago, there was distractions of of of, of things. I mean, you know, within within the realm of sports or team uh, dynamics. That all being said, what what it, it's really how do you embrace it? Because I don't. You can't hide from the distractions or you can't hide from the noise because. In this day and age, the difference is maybe in, in the past is, is obviously the cell phone or, or the access to, to information is so much different. And as you guys have known, I mean, look, I was growing up, you know, you, you, you have the newspaper and you look forward to it the next morning. And, and, and now the information is instant. And it's, you get on the bus right after the game and guys are on yeah. their phone. Maybe not even the bus, right in the locker room. So, so I think it's. It's not that it's just different, and I think you got to embrace it. And I think it's kind of become somewhat of a norm now. It's just part of the deal. And to think it's anything other than that, then you're 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 kind of living in the past time. So I just think it's part of the norm of, of normal distractions of information overload, and you just got to deal with it. We're talking with Josh Pastner, uh, college hoops analyst, ESPN, CBS, Peacock, Field of Sixty Eight. Um, uh, you can find him all over the place, doing a great job, too. If you can't find Josh Pastner, that's on you, right? <laughs> it is. It is. Very true. Josh, uh, question that is something that is being discussed in ACC country a lot is the kind of national narratives about this conference being down and not being this good. It ticks off a lot of people around here. A lot of people point out to you know the success the ACC's had in the NCAA tournament. You know, recently and bracketologists have them at probably, I think, four bids only right now. Do you think that the narrative is unfair against the ACC or do you look at it and say, hey, we got to deal with it. It's not a great conference right now. What do you think? Well, look, I, I, I was the head coach there for seven years and, and I love the league and, and I think it's a great league. Uh, it's outstanding league. There's a couple things that what I would say just from a from from my standpoint of it. Um uh, number one is in, in when I was there, everything was if Carolina and Duke were not in the top ten, then everybody nationally just assumed the league was down. The perception was for the league to be good, Carolina and Duke had to be good, and or, or at least in the top ten type of you know rankings. And so when when any time there was a year where one of those two were not doing well or not maybe in the top ten then the assumption immediately was the league is down, which wasn't true. It's just the, the narrative on that. However, Virginia now has become part of that Carolina and Duke discussion because, you know, you look in the last decade, they're, they're just as equal, if not even better, with, their, with, the, with the consistent success of, of what they've done in the ACC. And I consider them a blue blood over the last decade. And so what's happened is Virginia – so, yes, Carolina and Duke are in the top ten right now, but Virginia um, is down or was down earlier, you know, when they went through that stretch, yeah. losing by a large margin on the road. 
then all of a sudden, so people look at Virginia, equip, you know, have them on the equal uh, footing as um, Duke and Carolina. And so when they're down or they're, they're looked at, they go through that tough stretch, should I say, then everyone assumes that the league is down again. And now Virginia got hot and boom, and then they lose to Pitt the other day where Pitt hit all those three-point shots. And again, people think, well, Pitt must not be, to, for Pitt to beat Virginia at Virginia, then the league's again down. It's just, it's a, it, it, Pitt's a good team. Yeah. They're a good team. That's They've got good players. They made a bunch of threes in that game. I just, so I think the league's really good. I just think that that's a narrative on a national perception when Carolina or Duke, so example, Carolina loses to Clemson at home. I think Clemson's really good. But people nationally say, how can the Carolina, if the league's that good, how are they losing at home? They lose to Georgia Tech. They, they, you know, in Georgia Tech, has struggled a little late, but they've been a tough out. Damon Sotomayor's done a really nice job with Georgia Tech. My point being is I think that's some of the, the thought process for people who are not coaching in the ACC. I, I think Wake Forest is ex- as good of a backcourt and can score as well as anybody in the league yes. and maybe even in the country. And last thing. The NC2A tournament does no, does nothing about predicated success from the previous years on determining the selection for the current year. Because you look at the Big Ten, in the years they've got so many teams in, but they haven't had the same success in the past on, on, the, on the deep runs in the tournament as the ACC, but they've continued to get more teams in. So it, that's just a year-by-year deal based on the analytics and metrics and how that goes. Um, on, on the selection, they don't they don't take anything in from the previous year. Coach, when we start to project towards March Madness and Duke right now, we know how much of this, and you know more than anybody, how much of the brackets and all that comes out is matchup based. When you look at Duke and their team, what type of team would you worry the most about in a matchup with Duke? Who would they struggle with in terms of style of play? You know, I think a team. Uh, I think who they would struggle with most, and you're right. You know the the whole thing with the tournament is, you know, you you you, you it's matchups and or <laughs> avoiding just a, you know, being able to get through the yeah. one that one tough game. Where as I mentioned earlier about that, you know, with Carolina, just have that off game and you've got to find a way to win the game. But I think a team like that that Duke would struggle with, in my personal opinion, would be a team that that um, is an, a team like Iowa State. I'll give you an example like that, uh, like Iowa State, where they're where they're they're not going to be as talented as Duke, but they're going to beat you up in the half court. They're going to make it a real half court game. It's not going to be a lot of um, um, transition opportunities. Um, you know, again, they're not going to be as talented, but they just they, they have that real physicality, if that makes sense. And I think that would be, and so you really look at it. It's probably a team, maybe from the Big Twelve. Now, look, you know, I, I just think because Duke has a lot of pros, they have multiple potential pros on their team, first-round draft picks, you, usually those guys prevail in the long run or and, and, make, a, and make a deep run uh, when, it's, when it's said to be. But, but what I would tell you is, um, you know, teams that are coming maybe from the Big 12, especially like an Iowa State, where they're not going to be a one-seed or a two-seed, where Dukes, they could face Duke in the – in the Sweet 16, possibly, and those are the teams that Duke's got to be able to get through. Um, you know, I think a South Carolina, they're so good defensively. If they were playing Duke, could give Duke some problems because they were real. Now, last night they were not good against Auburn, and credit yeah. to Auburn. I think Auburn can make a deep run. Uh, I think they're a sleeper team. That being said, 
South Carolina can beat you up in the half court. They've been pretty darn good. Tennessee, the same thing. I think those type of teams can give Duke the the, the problems. If I was Duke, wouldn't want to try to face them, but. You know, that's just part of the term. You're going to face one of those along the way, and you've got to be able to get through it. No doubt. No doubt. Always. It was sort of like last year. It was sort of like last year with Duke. You know, they played yeah. Tennessee. It's yeah. not a 30, it was a half-court physical game. Duke won the ACC championship. They were playing as well as any team in the country, and Tennessee got it. They, it's, those, it's that type of game where you're going to face, where you've got to be able to get through to, to advance. It's not going to be like that every game, but you have one of those. Yeah. They encountered Tennessee at the round of 32 whether they get that and that or the Sweet 16, they've got to be able to get through that at some point. So matchup-based, there's no doubt yep. about it. One of the many things that makes the dang tournament You're fun. The best, Coach. Uh, uh, we love talking to you, Coach. Thanks for coming on. Keep up the good work. Okay, thanks for having me, guys, and we'll talk soon as we get close to tournament time. Shower, shave, and share your mornings with Mac and Bone. Only on Sports Radio 92.7 FM WFNZ. The official home of the Charlotte Sports Band.